to the luscious. I'm Liz. I'm Lenore. We're the sexy besties you've always wanted. Juicy stories, not therapy. Hit subscribe. Climb in bed with us. We know you'll want more. Mm. Hey, babe. Hi. Can I tell you something? <gasps> Please do. I fucking love my body. Oh. I love your body too. <laughs> I think that there is something to be said for a woman who is not small to love her body. It is an act of rebellion. And I want to talk about that. Let's do it. We actually had a listener request to talk about squishy bits too. Mm. We love listener requests. So good. We just love making people happy, like in a good way, not in a over-the-top people-pleasy way. No, no. We like making people happy while still respecting our own boundaries. Exactly. Well, we decided tonight we're on a mission to raise the pleasure level in every household. Mm-hmm. We're raising it from, you know, it might be sitting at a stagnant six. We're going to raise it to an 11 on the exactly. dial. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> look at us. I agree with you about women and their bodies. It's interesting. I was reading something today and I've read a lot of articles about or posts that's a real pushback against the idea that it requires bravery to be confident in a large body because essentially that is – well, it's it, inherent is that is a lot of fat phobia. It really is. Yeah, because, mate, I'm not brave. Believe me. Well, this is the thing. Like for you to say that it's brave for a woman who's not tiny to wear a bikini, you're saying that there's something inherently wrong with it. Which is very incorrect because everybody is a bikini body. Exactly. Unless you don't want to be in a bikini. Exactly. However, I find it extremely disrespectful. So I am a voluptuous size 18. Don't ask me what I weigh because, mate, I don't keep a scale around. We don't have scales in the house. No. I find them quite contradictory. And when I was at my healthiest – by society standards, I was still classified as overweight. Oh, me too. I am historically very heavy. So around when I got married, I was 19. I was a size 10. I was teaching a bunch of aerobics classes every week. I was weight training, doing all the things. But I'm just heavy. Mm-hmm. And so even then, my BMI would call me overweight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can completely understand that. So my journey with my body, I was a size 10 to 12 Yeah. Uh, when I was in high school. Then I was a 12 at the start of my burlesque career and around 24, 25, I started on hormones and change of lifestyle and everything and I went up to a size 18 that I am now and I actually was looking at photos of myself today from when I was 23 and I realised, number one, how banging I was. Mate. Because you never see it at the time, do you? No. Mm. But how deeply depressed I was about my body because I saw it as a vessel of shame. Why? I tore apart every single aspect of myself. I tore apart that my belly was a little bit bigger or my thighs had cellulite. Now I look at that and I think it's extremely delusional that I I had I must have had severe body dysmorphia at yeah. that time. Which is extremely sad. However, that being said, 
I had also come from being bullied for quite a period of time uh, where I was shamed for my body. I also was teased by my brothers. I had three older brothers. Still have them, I suppose. Jeez, I didn't just <laughs> murder them. But I uh, – I, oh, this is vulnerable. I used to be teased and called big nose, no bum. So I, by the age of 16, wanted a rhinoplasty. And literally when my butt grew in, I started to freak out that I would be called big nose, big bum. And that is quite toxic and problematic. I have done a lot of work to deconstruct that. Now I'm more confident than I've ever been in my life. Which is saying something because we're in the middle of a pandemic. Oh, yes. And we've both put on weight, I think. Mm -hmm. Well, I know I have because my clothes don't fit. I'm just a little bit more voluptuous. You are. I realized today, uh, well, recently my boobs are bigger. I'm actually really here for that. It's a good time. (laughs) I had a moment yesterday where I was just touching myself. I love to touch myself because it's a grounding exercise for me. It's an appreciation and it's a worship. It's recognizing that my body is a temple. I took some time to really look at my stretch marks touch them and feel them and look at them rather than let my eyes just kind of glance over them and really appreciate them. And stretch marks are so beautiful. I'm not sure if you've looked at yours lately. However, stretch marks are so beautiful. They're like silvery little markings that mar our skin in the most delicious ways. Is that asking me specifically or general listener kind of? You. Me. Oh, God, no, I have because I think they're just the most incredible art. They're so beautiful. I think that – and I didn't always. So my history, body-wise, I grew up doing a lot of dancing, a lot of gymnastics, a lot of aerobics, all that kind of thing, and so was pretty little through most of my – childhood, teenage years, all that kind of thing. I certainly didn't see myself as little because I wasn't skinny. So I've always had quite an athletic shape. I've never really had much of a bum. I've never really had hips or much of a waist. I did have a fairly flat stomach. Always quite liked my boobs. They were bigger, but I liked that. And then I got pregnant at 19. I was 63 kilos on my wedding day. Mm -hmm. I conceived 10 days later. And I stopped weighing myself at 100 kilos. I don't know what I got up to. I know that I was a size 10 when I got married and I know I was struggling to fit into size 18 type clothes just after Brie was born. Mm-hmm. I don't, maternity clothes are just a weird space. I think I was making most of them. And so that happened. Weight went down a little bit. Conceived again when Brie was about four months old. And then ended up miscarrying that baby at about three months. And that was all a fairly traumatic experience body-wise anyway. But I definitely had gone down again weight-wise. And then basically just was up and down. I had six babies in 10 years. So probably the only pregnancy I actually felt okay through was baby number five. But again, I'd had a miscarriage just directly before that. So I was probably the smallest I'd been in a long time starting that pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And then I was just so beautifully supported through that pregnancy by my beautiful midwife friend and that made a difference for me. After he was born, 
Baby number six was a bit of a wild ride. And look, I always felt like I dropped a bit of weight after a pregnancy. But the thing is with pregnancy stuff, your belly goes from being really big and really, really tight and really wrapped around this baby to overnight being a puddle of jelly. Squishy. It's very smushy and squishy. It's squishy. Squishy. The smallest child will often climb on me and he'll go, I love you because you're squishy. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, with uh, the youngest child, I'm also the same. <laughs> you don't wobble like I do, though. Your belly doesn't wobble like mine does. But everything else wobbles in different ways. Your squishy is different. In some, some of your squishy is different to my squishy. They're both good. Yes. So for me, after having baby number six and then the marriage ended and all that kind of thing, I found myself re-entering the dating scene with a very, very different body than what I'd had when I was a lot smaller. I mean, the last person to see me naked before the husband, I was tiny and muscly and we it was it was a whole other game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I was seventeen or something, and yeah, whole other whole other scenario. Whereas my body had now been through eight pregnancies, six full term births, and breastfed eight babies. Breastfed, I don't know how many babies I breastfed. I breastfed my six, and then a few others. Anyway, and then. <laughs> How many latched on to my nipples? <laughs> well, it was funny because I said that on um, socials at one point. I said something about having fed a couple of extra babies and then a friend messaged me and went, you know you fed mine as well. And I had completely forgotten. Anyway. Um, <laughs> terrible. Uh, look, and that's not including all the men that – Oh, there seemed- were none of that. <laughs> look, if that's your thing, I'm not judging, but it's not my thing. Clearly by that reaction. I anyway, my boobs had been through a lot because again, mm-hmm. your boobs go really, 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 really big, and then really down. They just relax a little. They look. They they put their feet up. They put their sunglasses on, and they just lie out in the sun, and they just take a big breath in, and then out, and they're like, "Yeah, I'm good." Yes, yeah, it's like popping a balloon. And having this little... There's a lot of spit on that microphone now. It's a good time. Good thing we've got... Well, lucky for you, you like spit. What? No, that was shit. That doesn't work. I don't like spit. Um, Unless I'm using it to lube up a cock to suck it. That was the joke. Yeah, clearly I missed it. Okay. It was a shit joke. It's okay. <laughs> it's all right. For a long time, when I first hopped on Tinder and Bumble and all the things, I was very self-conscious about my belly. Didn't let anyone touch it. Didn't really even touch it myself. I just – and look, I've always been really careful about how I talk about my body because I'm super conscious of my kids listening to the way I talk – I am fiercely opposed to diet culture and the idea that we need to be skinny in order to be valuable or anything like that. And so I've always been really, really conscious of how I talk about things. 
but I've definitely struggled with some of what goes on in terms of my inner dialogue around me feeling okay Mm -hmm. with the skin I'm in and my belly was particularly where that went on for me. So I just felt really vulnerable there. I have a little overhang on my belly because, you know, it's been stretched out a lot. It's what bum bellies often look like. It's got a little overhang. And it took me a really long time to be okay. And it definitely started with me touching it and deciding Mm -hmm. that I would speak kindly to it and thank it for the things it had done for me. Then Octopussy was probably actually the first person I really was okay with having any contact with and that's because he genuinely created space for me where I felt like it was okay and he he fucking loves the curves. You know, he is. He does. He does. I can I can <sighs> agree he, to that one. And yeah. he loves the squishy bits. And he loves the soft touching and all those things. And that was definitely transformative for me to see somebody else genuinely enjoying all the parts of my body, not just my smallest child. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, he'll bury his face in my belly and then he'll blow raspberries in it and then you've done it. And it's a really fun time. I get that. I get it. It's an interesting texture and experience and all those things but I do I I actually a lot of my stretch marks were actually from the very last pregnancy Mm -hmm. but I definitely have stretch marks on stretch marks on stretch marks because six full-term pregnancies will do that to you Mm -hmm. and so to your original question uh yes I have looked at my stretch marks lately I am very into them It's funny actually because I was trying to take some photos the other week for Instagram and talk a bit about squishy bits and realised that my stretch marks on my belly have actually faded quite a bit because they used to be quite a bit pinker and darker and I was trying to take photos and I was like, they're not actually that obvious on this photo. That's weird. (laughs) (laughs) But I love the Instagram account. Have you seen the one, the stretch marks account where she puts glitter in the stretch marks? Oh, that's so sweet. It's so pretty. I love it. I am really here for people of all sizes reclaiming their body. Yeah. To kind of touch on what you said about diet culture, I have literally been prescribed the equivalent of speed to lose weight. Yikes. Yeah, and that's horrifying. Yeah. And one of the worst parts of that was I was crash dieting from a size 16 down to a size 12 Mm. in about three months or less. Wow. And I got so many people who complimented me, wow, you look so gorgeous. You look so healthy. You look so much better now. Yet I was deeply unhappy. Yeah. I had severe anxiety and depression. I honestly had a lot of suicidal ideation and I was in a situation where I was on this medication that made all of that worse. Yeah. And people would be like, you look so beautiful. And I would sit there. And sure, I felt beautiful for a split second, Mm. but it would be like a hollow compliment. Yeah. Now 
when people compliment me and they do mate I get complimented all the fucking time and it's not just because I'm so brave but instead they compliment me on actual worthwhile things which makes me a lot more happy so they compliment me on my confidence or my kindness or my intelligence. They also compliment me on my ass and my titties, which is always a great time. Like, I don't blame them. It is a great time. But now their compliments actually have value to me and make me feel a lot better about myself and in the way that it makes their compliments – sit and lie in the things that I value more about myself. Yeah. They're not hollow. Yeah. They're not to do with my body. They're not to do however unknown about how much speed I've taken that day pharmaceutically prescribed. Yeah. <laughs> I do want to say doctors giving you weight loss pills. Yeah. Horrifying. Yeah. So you don't eat but you drink heaps of water. Mm, that's an issue, guys. <laughs> Look, I just don't think there's any situation where we need to be commenting on other people's bodies because Correct. we rarely know what's going on for them. Mm. And I have a close friend who had cancer and lost a lot of weight. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, lots of people doing the whole, oh, wow, you've lost so much weight. I would be the asshole who would turn around and be like, thanks so much. It's the chemotherapy. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. But even there have been times where I've dropped weight and similarly, it's because I'm not okay. No. And for people to get all enthusiastic and excited about the fact that you've lost weight and yay you, it's horrifying. Yay me. I'm coming close to a breakdown and I've only eaten three shake meal replacements for this whole day. But I can't wait to see how my bikini body's going to look. You know what? Fuck that. Yeah. Fuck that. Fuck those beauty standards. Fuck all of that. You do not need to be a size six to be worthy in this society. And the same thing, you do not need to be a curvaceous lady in order to be part of society. Throw the whole fucking rule book out the window because I promise you in the next five years, some other body type is going to be the ideal. And you know what? Fuck that. Fuck that. If you look at the 1920s, it used to be a boyish, rakish figure. You look at the 1940s and 50s, curvaceous, childbearing hips and full figures. You look at the 80s and it is aerobics. You look at the 90s and it is heroin chic. Mm. Like at what point do we turn around and we go, wait a fucking second, maybe all of our bodies are ideal and it's not what the magazine tells us. If I could drop this fucking mic, I would. Do you want me to insert a drop, a mic drop sound? No, for you, baby. Because n- no. <laughs> I have. I mean, l- tell us what you really think. <laughs> I have a lot of feelings about body confidence, and as a burlesque dancer, I have seen women, majority of those who identify as women, shrink themselves. By saying they can't do things that they definitely can. I've also seen people flourish. I have seen people that you would never look twice at on the street become the most magnetic human on stage. And it's about confidence. 
And that's all it is. You need to trust yourself and be confident in yourself no matter what size your body is. The thing I found really interesting stepping into the burlesque space was how much of a example or how, how much it revealed that everybody's got shit. Mm-hmm. So the people that you look at, and assume that they are going to be super comfortable in their own skin because they've got stereotypically beautiful bodies and all the things. They've got all these massive hang-ups about all the different things. And then there'd be other people who would have bodies that, you know, were different from what we would assume who just had the most fucking amazing confidence. And that's the thing that is so incredible. It's like you're saying – when people are on stage, it's the people who have the confidence and who show up and who express themselves and communicate and move beautifully and all those things. And it's got fuck all to do with what size or shape their body is because some of those women are really small, some of them are really big, some of them are conventionally beautiful, some of them are, you know, like it's everything and everything in between. And it's got to do with how they show up, not what their body looks like. Absolutely. I was asked this a little while ago because sometimes there's this ideal in the burlesque community that it can sometimes become sizest. And absolutely there are certain aspects of it that is sizest, especially when you're looking into those corporate bookings. Really corporate gigs, they want the tall, leggy, blonde who's a size 10 who can do a high kick. Well, they're kind of looking for showgirl as opposed to necessarily understanding what burlesque is. Absolutely. And that's why I don't do corporate. Yeah. I can tell you right now, I do not do corporate. However, if you think that I don't get bookings, you are very wrong. You make such a beautiful Ibis, baby. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) However, I had somebody ask how they can succeed in the burlesque world. While, like, what my opinion was in the burlesque world of being plus size. And what I told them is make them eat it. You be the best fucking performer. You be the best you that you can be. And then you make the most incredible acts and you make them eat it. And believe me, make it so they can't not book you. It's not hard. Well, it is hard, but it's fucking rewarding because you've got your own back and when you're a solid performer, it doesn't matter what size you are. That's just a cop-out. I have a lot of feelings. You have a lot of feelings. Can we go back to talking about squishy bits in the bedroom? Oh, because specifically the question that was asked was kind of around, yeah, how we feel about that and how we've navigated all of those kinds. Like have we gotten pushback from people? Have we? <laughs> um, I'm trying to think if I have. Confidence is key. So if you don't make it as a thing that, you're uncomfortable with then they're not even going to pick up on that I don't even make it a thing for them to bring up I'm very confident 
in myself. We did wonder if more of them were asking you to sit on their face than me because of your size. Absolutely. But I understand it because with a butt like mine. Oh, I totally understand it. I just was I was intrigued by it. I do get a lot of guys who ask me to sit on them and I on one hand I'm like uh, is that for you or is it for me? Let's be honest. It sounds very you. It's for them. Yeah. So what are you going to do for me other than give me shithead and thrust into me for 2.5 seconds? So early on in my Tinder experience, I spoke to a fellow plus size gal who I had seen like a couple little things that they put up on the Instagram stories and I reached out and I actually brought up a concern because it was the first time since I had started dating and I was at this size. So I wasn't quite sure what it was like out there in the Tinder world. And she literally was like, I've never had a problem getting laid. And mate. 100% right. I've never had a problem getting laid. Sure, I may not be everyone's yum, but believe me, I am a lot of people's yum. (laughs) Until the fucking pandemic hit. And now I'm like, oh, everyone's boring. I think that's the bigger problem at the moment. It's just you're actually, you've got high expectations now. (laughs) (laughs) You've been broken. Sorry, baby. Oh, you just don't know one's going to fuck you like I do. I don't think I've ever had an issue with it. And I think that piece around, honestly, if someone earns the right to see you naked, then they best be fucking enjoying it. Oh, believe me. And I promise you they will actually enjoy it more if you're enjoying it. And turn the bloody lights on. Yeah, fuck yeah. But... Don't turn them on overhead. I really recommend a nice lamp where, you know, it's subtle lighting, maybe a coloured lighting, something sexy where you can really see the curves of your body or your shape of your body, but also not looking like you're in a gynecological exam. I also think one of the things that did help me embrace my squishy bits and my curves was taking a fuck ton of nudes. Nudes. I love nudes. I know. I love nudes too. (laughs) Nudes are great. I just, I changed over my phones the other day and I moved all of my nudes off. I have a photo vault app on my phone Mm -hmm. where I have all my slightly more erotic photos and videos saved. It's a good time. In case anyone picks up my phone who should not be. Small humans. Yep. Or random strangers, let's be fair. Or me. Oh. (laughs) You could get into my vault, baby. I'll let you in anywhere. I'll give you the password to mine where you can see all the weird dick pics I've saved. I don't want to see dick pics. They're gross. They're my favorite things. Penises are ugly. No. Oh, God, I'm so much more gay than you Body confidence time. We've got to appreciate the peen. Yeah, but I can appreciate what it does without thinking it's good looking. I think penises are so interesting. I know you do. You're just fascinated by them. But I think that's where we sit at different ends of the bias scale. Like, <laughs> so I just want to find a couple dudes that I can play with their penises because they're really fun. And one of my favorite things, if a dude has a foreskin – and I've got that connection with them is I will talk 
to them through their foreskin. <laughs> I mean, you. to be fair, you do that through my vagina as well. Like, I'll just use them and they'll be like a puppetry time and I'll be like, hello, I'm Mr. Penis. And while they're absolutely horrified, I look at them and I'm thinking, oh, yeah, you want this. <laughs> they do not want this. <laughs> Seriously, what is wrong with me? Oh, you're adorable. <laughs> I'm very adorable. Yeah. So I had over 2,000 nudes was where I was going with that. Damn. Uh-huh. Decent. Sometimes there's duplicates in there. So if I've taken a series, I've left all of them in, even though I haven't necessarily used all of them. So I 100% agree that when it comes to bedroom antics, confidence is actually key. And it's only when we get weird about shit that guys even start to notice it's a problem if you're fucking a guy. If Uh you're fucking another woman, she's way more fixated on her own things than she is about any of yours. (laughs) (laughs) Very correct. It's true. There are rare exceptions, but I would say the vast majority of, you know, humans really – are way more concerned about their own weird shit than about any of yours. Mm-hmm. We're all narcissists. <laughs> I don't really want to go that far. We're just all fairly self-absorbed. I was just about to say, we're self-absorbed. Right. <laughs> Can Had a little too much contact with actual narcissists to be willing to diagnose the entire planet. Can I finish off? By making all the listeners at home say three nice things about their body. It can be completely inane, like you like the shape that your wrist makes, or it can be broad. You like your eyes and your smile. You like your curves. You like your muscles, or lack thereof. But I'm challenging you, listener at home. Say three things about yourself that are absolutely positive. No buts, no maybes. Unless you butt something that you like. Of course. I just pulled a pun joke on you. But just do it. (laughs) (laughs) And then DM us and tell us because we're nosy. Mm -hmm. And we want to know that you've done it. It's our homework for the week. (laughs) So before we wrap up... If you would like more homework like this from us, we are currently enrolling in our very first ever pleasure expedition. <laughs> what? It's like the <laughs> whenever I hear expedition, I just think of Dora the Explorer, but she's about to get nasty with it. <laughs> Please don't sue us, whoever mm. owns Dora. Proposed sponsor. <laughs> Proposed sponsor is Dora the Explorer. Pack your backpack, baby. It's time for an expedition. (laughs) It's very on brand for bisexual, lesbian playtimes to have a backpack. Very true. Tool bag. Anyway, five weeks, lots of juicy pleasure prompts, and our whole goal for five weeks together is to – guide you into cultivating a personal pleasure practice 
2020 has been a bit of a fucking shit show. I can say that again. Right? Can I hear it in the back? Uh, <laughs> and one of the things we've realized is that it makes a difference to us when we are super, super intentional about the really good shit. Yes. Anyway, so we have created the most beautiful program that we're super excited about. You're going to get exclusive podcast episodes from us. So each week we're going to explore one of the senses and we're going to share some of our juicy stories. We are going to set you daily pleasure prompts. Some of them are going to be sexy times and some of them are going to be not sexy. And then we're going to have a lovely little Zoom call that if you'd like to join us for, we just want to hang out with you. That's what's really going on. Ask us questions or just tell us what's happening. Right. You know, when we're doing the podcast, it's us talking to each other, which is super fun. But we want to talk to you. Seriously. Like we always say, we're your slutty besties you may or may not have ever had. Exactly. We want to hear your juicy stories. Yeah. Tell us about that time with you and that dude around the corner of that thing. Oh, my God. I want to know about that. (laughs) We want all the details. And, you know, the best part is you can even leave your camera off on the Zoom call if you really need to. Exactly. We are all about facilitating comfortable experiences. It's all about consent, right, baby? Mm-hmm. Okay, so link in the show notes, but head to theluscious.com.au forward slash expedition and get it on with us. It's going to be a wild time. <laughs> Come slide into bed with us lovers. Mm. Wait. What's the worst sound you've made during sex? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the sound grab. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) On that note, (laughs) until next week, lovers, good night.